Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Reality TV and Me. I'm your host Kirsty, as per Yoj. This week I'm doing something a little different. I have noticed that there's been a bit of an underground swell of interest in the Netflix series that's just come out called Love is Blind. It is this kind of uh, interesting mashup of Married at First Sight minus The Sight and The Circle, which is another series that just came out on Netflix a few weeks or a month ago or so. Um, so we can access it in Oz, you can access it overseas as well, as long as you've got Netflix and let's be honest, who doesn't these days. Um, so I'm going to cover one episode a week or hopefully a couple a week if I've got the time. It's a little difficult to scrape out some time with um, Aussie Married at First Sight being on four to five nights a week. I'm losing my mind with these crazy fucking psychos. But look, that's the plan. Um, if you're not on watching Married at First Sight already, definitely carve out a good four hours of your week <laughs> each week <laughs> and, and check it out. It's on nine now for anyone in Australia. Um, Monday to Wednesday is at 7.30 and Sunday at 7. Uh, you can always watch it on the Nine Now streaming app. If you're overseas, you can do a little dodgy and get a VPN, which will block uh, the country of your computer. So uh, it doesn't. You can make it kind of pretend it's in Australia, and then you can go to the Nine Now streaming app, uh, streaming website as well, and just search for Married at First Sight Australia, and you'll be able to watch all the episodes as well. Um, alternatively, you can do the catch-ups. James Weir does 10-minute catch-ups. Um, if you search him on Facebook, just James Normal, W-E-I-R is Weir. And, and he does some, you know, really good kind of breakdowns of each episode written and these little short 10-minute videos, which are really great. Um, you know, it shortens your week of four hours watching down to 40 minutes of catch-up and then you can follow the podcast you know, pretty clearly as well. So that's a really good way to do it. But love is blind. Okay. My plan is to do like mini 20 minute episodes. Let's see how I go. You know how I love to talk. Um, once a week, twice a week, maybe I know that they release them three episodes at a time on Netflix. So I want to try as best as I can to keep up with that. It's not always going to be possible, but look, we'll see the best we can do because I know a lot of people are into it. And I just watched the first episode and oh my God, this show is fucking phenomenal. I watched the first episode, um, sorry, the trailer for it a week or two ago and posted it on my Insta story at Reality TV and me. If you're not already following me there, do it now. Um, keep up with all the goss that's going on in the reality TV world. I share a lot of it to my stories. And yeah, so I watched the trailer and I was laughing. I was crying. I was like, this is already my fucking favorite show right now. <laughs> it's so good. So yeah, it like with maths, Married at First Sight, um, both US and Aussie, which are two almost very completely different shows, but as interesting and as batshit crazy as each other. They sort of like, it's almost like they're going through the motions of this marriage kind of set up the ceremony, all this stuff. 
you know, they're putting on the wedding rings, they're putting on the white dress, they're doing all that, like what looks right, they're moving into the apartments, they're doing the honeymoons, but there's no real heart in it. You can't really feel the, I'm not able to feel the love between any of these couples, even the ones that are connected um, and don't just like seethe and hate each other. There's still like, there's no love there. This is completely the opposite. So here's the concept. Love is Blind series, first series they've ever done. Um, I I hope it continues because it's just amazing. So what I felt when watching it is that I could actually feel the the love in it. Oh my God, I'm so corny. It's just, it was really heartwarming and cute. What they do is they have, I actually don't know how many couples. I'm going to say about eight men and eight women. And the girls live in one side of the house and the boys live in another and they're separated by this wall of what they call pods which are just these individual rooms kind of like those like um rooms they talk in in the big brother house like it's just a couch and this kind of wall that connects them this blue kind of sliders-esque time portal looking wall they can't see each other but they have these conversations through this wall and they it's the opposite they kind of call it like the opposite of modern day dating where online dating it's all about the looks if you're not pretty enough you're not cute enough you'd swipe 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 it's all about you know men without shirts on patting dosed out tigers and boys holding puppies and that's how they get the girls and it's not like that at all it's they literally have like eight blind dates a day with all these different people Boys can't see the girls, girls can't see the boys. It's completely removes the physical aspect of dating. Um, Just for the sake of like how the show is structured, they don't have any queer couples. So just keep that in mind. But um, so far, yeah, it's, it's still really, really fascinating and diverse. You know, there's a good balance between uh, people of color and us, you know, tidy whities and, um, yeah, the I found like I thought there'd be more um, diversity in terms of what people looked like. Everyone's still pretty young and hot. <laughs> um, you know, like it's there's no one that is really, really. How do you say uggo without being cruel? <laughs> there's no real Shreks out there, as one of the girls called, said she was hopefully not going to marry. Um, Everyone's just kind of like there's some really beautiful girls. And what I found really interesting was that a lot of the really pretty girls were saying and like, wow, wow, I'm so pretty. Life is cruel. But (laughs) I actually kind of understood where they were coming from because a lot of these really beautiful girls were saying that it was hard to meet a genuine guy and to know if he was, you know, genuinely into her or just, you know, happy to have like a pretty handbag on his arm. And so a lot of a lot of the beautiful girls are in it for that reason to get to know to so that the guys can get to know their personality before they ever see what they look like, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, there's one guy that's quite shy, and then that's why he's come on. Another guy who who says he's you know kind of short, and a lot of girls um, on Tinder and stuff, you know, they ask what his height is and they don't date guys under a certain height. He's an attractive man, but that kind of just wipes him out for a lot of women. So lots of people are in it for lots of different reasons, which I thought was was really 
fascinating. But they're all sort of between that like mid-20s, early 30s kind of age bracket. So there's nothing really too out of left field um, age-wise. So yeah, it's it's so far so good. I'm going to get into that first episode. So um, what else can I tell you about the setup of the show? I'm kind of just assuming you've seen it, but just in case you haven't. Yeah, so they're in these pods. They date every day for about a month. Um, if they fall in love, the guy proposes to the girl without even seeing her. And in episode one, we do have our first proposal. No! I was a mess. Anyway, I'll get into it. I'm so like, I'm so into it. Um, what else? So yes, there's no devices, there's no phones, nothing to distract them from getting to know the other people. It seems like kind of a good idea. Um, except all the girls and all the guys also date each other's guys. So I had thought when I'd seen the clip, like I thought maybe they just date the one person the whole time and get to know them. No, they all date each other through these pods blindly talking. So there is a little bit of um, awkwardness when two people connect to the same girl or two girls connect to the same guy and how they, you know, have to kind of choose which path to go down because like, you know, everyone's entering into this because they want to fall in love. So you do want your heart to be open. It's like on Tinder, you know, you're not just talking to one guy at a time you talk you know you, th- you talk maybe talk to a couple of guys or a handful of guys and then whoever you like you keep talking to and let the you know the losers <laughs> kind of eke their way out slowly and that it just naturally kind of shows itself but when the girls and guys go back to their house and talk to the rest of their crew and they're talking about the same guys and gals they like then it's a bit awkward so that's another layer that's kind of interesting Right, let's get into the episode. We have Jessica straight off the bat. She's gorgeous, long blonde hair, skinny, gorgeous white girl, 34. She has the world's most annoying voice, in my opinion, but still seems to be attracting the boys left, right and centre. Mark is into her. He's 24. And Barnett, which is his last name, um, I totally zoned out if he ever revealed his first name. He's 27. So... They're both good-looking guys, and she likes both of them. She wanted to come into this because she's only ever dated athletes, and you know she's a huge list of criteria that need to meet the perfect man. Um, she she wants to start a family soon because she's getting older. So she starts talking to Mark, who is a self-confessed mama's boy. His parents are both expats from um, Mexico. He's really cute. They get along like a house on fire right off the bat to the point where he, he's even like, oh, my face hurts. And she's like, why? And he's like, oh, I'm just smiling so much. But there's this 10-year age gap between them and that you can see keeps weighing on Jessica's mind. They're both from Illinois. They both have the same kind of family ideals that they want to create. They both like want to embrace Christianity into their life and how they raise their kids Everything on paper sounds excellent, but he just, Mark just doesn't fit into the age bracket that she had on her criteria checklist. So that's difficult. He's getting a bit anxious because Barnett is also on Jessica's list of interests and intrigue. 
Barnett is, he's kind of a jockey guy. Um, he's a bit like his jokes, like straight out the bat, are like a lot of sexual innuendo, which is very like Tinder-esque when people don't know what to say or they're feeling awkward. They just like make these weird sexually innuendous, <laughs> these weird sexually sexual innuendo style jokes. And it's just like, ugh. Just be more clever. It's kind of annoying, but she finds it charming. Um, he talks about how he's the little spoon to his dog and lets him sleep in bed with him. And she's just like, oh, my God, sweet. And she loves it. Oh, no, that was with Amber. Sorry, I'm getting a bit confused with my notes. Anyway, he likes animals, so I, that I approve of. But, yeah, I don't know. They bond over a liking of sport. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, he gets really invested. And when he sees Mark, Marky Mark, come bounding out of the pod, uh, having spoken to Jessica, he gets really disheartened. And he's just like, oh, you know, he seems so sure that you're into him. Um, And it made him feel like he was kind of on the back foot a little bit with Jess. And then he calls her the yin to his yang. And it's all very romantic and strange and weird. And I don't know. I personally think Mark, even though he's three years younger than Barnett, is way more mature. But I kind even though I really didn't like Barnett the entire time I was watching the series, he warmed to me when he had the guts to be honest with Jessica about how he was feeling. You could tell he was not someone that was great at communication, but obviously you're forced to be like a lit push yourself out of your comfort zone in this setting. So I, I, yeah, he, he warmed, warmed my little cockles when, <laughs> when, when he started telling her how he really felt about her and how he was being vulnerable and, um, you know, admitted that he was, wasn't sure if, if there really was something between them because he was seeing how excited Mark was. So now these two boys are like, ah, what's happening? I love Jessica, but you love Jessica, but And Barnett basically just lays it out on the line. But can I just say, this is like day four or five by this stage that they're having these serious conversations. Like Barnett asks Jessica to choose, you know, you have to make a decision. Is it me or Mark? And so that's where she's at. Um, She's kind of telling each guy like, all right, it's you. I'll do whatever, you know, you think I should do. But I think she's going to lean toward Barnett because he's older and she digs him just as much, which I will feel sad for little Mark because I haven't seen him connect with many other people because he's had Jessica just purely on his mind. And Barnett has sort of fallen in, like he jumped in headfirst and fell in love with every (laughs) Tom, Dick and Sally that came along. So, yeah, he even said at one point – I like everyone each girl that's the last one I talk to I think that she's the one so I don't think he's I don't find him trustworthy in that sense I think he's a bit like he's if if you like were married to him and you let him go out to a club one night he'd just be like out of sight out of mind and like hooking up with some chick in the corner because she was there that makes me anxious about Barnett also because he does come across a bit jockey to me so I don't know if you were to ask me, I would tell her to go with Mark, but let's let's watch, shall we? All right. Then what do we have? All right. This is 
Oh, should I get to Lauren and Cameron now? No, I'm going to skip them and come back to them because they're my favorite couple. All right. So we have Amber Pike, as people call her. She's 26. She's an interesting character because she's been in the army and she was a cheerleader. So that's kind of already like two separate worlds in, in, in my view. She's an ex-tank mechanic from the army. She's also really connecting with Barnett. Barnett, Barnett. Um, they're like kind of laughing about how they're both just big weirdos. And oh, isn't this so crazy? It's just so wild. Ah! You know, whenever someone's like, oh my God, I'm just so crazy. They tend to be the world's most boring person. That's kind of how I see her. I think she's done a lot of interesting stuff. But I think she's ultimately just really boring and boring. That's so harsh. And I just, I don't know, she snort laughed at one stage. And if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I snort laugh. And look, he, he says it's cute. It's not cute. No one in the history of time has ever called my hog laugh cute. It's like, I'm literally, I'm like a pug. My nose is just, my nasal cavities are just too small. And it's me gasping for breath. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> It's like laugh snoring. It's not hot. Don't tell people on TV it's hot. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's coming into its own. Or maybe there's just a fetish for it. And that would really do me well. Because it's been, you know, it's been a while. Guys, it's been a while. <laughs> maybe I just got to stop laughing. <laughs> ah! Okay, so yeah, she's another one of these pretty gals um, that needs a man to take her seriously because she's just so good looking. Okay, shut up and die, but whatever. What else? She, the only other thing I want to say about her is like, okay, I'm, I'm, she, how do I, I don't know how to say, I hope I don't offend anyone, but I'm really, (laughs) this is what I'm, I'm really not into war. (laughs) <laughs> like duh <laughs> what a dickhead um obviously no one's into war but the fact that she was talking about she's like I'm the first person to um to fire and blow up a tank and I really just don't like that like he's like yeah you're wow that's great I'm like I really don't like people being proud of that shit it's like you're bigging yourself up for killing people like there were people in that tank like that shit makes me really un- uneasy and uh sad and so yeah I just um that kind of just made me turn on her I know it's a job I know people don't really have the choice of what they have to do in those positions but it makes me uncomfortable personally and especially like the the pride in those acts makes me really uncomfortable so um, yeah apologies if I've offended anyone that's just my personal unease and feelings about it when I hear that kind of shit so that's Amber or Pike the 26 year old ex-tank mechanic badass bitch snort lava all right where else we have diamond first conversation that Barnett why is Barnett the focus of this entire episode look First thing he says to her basically is like scoffs at her name and asks her uh, which strip club she works at. Poor Diamond. Look, she's not a stripper, but she is a pro basketball dancer. That's essentially all we know about her so far. She's really cute. She's 28. 
She's got a budding connection with Carlton, who's 34. He's an interesting character. Part of me really likes him and he's so my type. He's this tall, chocolate, bald man with a beard. Um, and a lot of me like really likes him and his vulnerability. And the other part of me said a few things where I'm like, mm, I don't know, like that. So what he did that I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he was talking to army cheerleader Amber and she's just going on and on about boring shit that she wants in a man she's obviously not asking him enough questions he's bored out of his mind and he just sneaks out of the room and she's like um hello <laughs> sitting there in this room all alone probably been talking to herself for 10 minutes <laughs> without a breath so happened to me I just be my favorite thing is obviously talking and even more so talking about myself or trash tv it's just why you're here and I just thought that was just so fucking funny so he sneaks out it's just gold but then he does meet his hopefully soulmate in diamond and they seem to have a really good connection um Except he has a deep, dark secret. In his youth, he um, mentions that, and look, is youth, he's 34, but he said, in, I think in his young adult life, he, um, he, he was attracted to hearts. Okay, what's she talking about, boy? What he means is that he had some relationships with women and some relationship, relationships with men. Cool. You do you, love is love. He just is afraid, and probably because he said his dad's a pastor as well. I mean, you know, that could be have been an issue. He didn't mention that. Um, yeah, he's afraid to tell the woman, whoever that might be, that he falls in love with and proposes to. Like, they talk about proposing as if it's like definitely going to find someone they want to propose to. It's wild. So he's, you know, afraid to reveal this to his future wife, Um before the wedding day that she might freak out and and leave and not want to marry him or think he's you know there's something wrong with him which I think is really sad um you know you could sort of look at his situation and be like oh is he actually gay is he bi does he just want a wife as a beard like what is the actual situation here so far I don't know enough I'm just going to go by his word. And to me, it sounds like he's bi, but he has a more emotional connection to women because he was saying, you know, I just think women are softer and gentler and that's what he wants in a partner. So to me, you know, I can, I'm attracted to men. I can be attracted to, you know, one type of man and their personality and whatnot. <laughs> Not that I ever am. <laughs> and I can also... Look at someone like Barnett and be like, get off my jock. (laughs) So look, swings and roundabouts. You like what you like. Let's say, I think we just need a bit more information about these guys. All right. Just popping over to Kelly. We don't know much about her yet. There is one thing I wrote down about her and it's a quote and it goes as such. In less than 24 hours, I didn't even know if if that's her voice, but it is now. 
In less than 24 hours, I have met at least three guys I could see myself spending the rest of my life with. Okay. I feel worried. <laughs> That's all I really feel about that. I'm like getting Sheena Shea vibes from Vanderbump Rules. Like, oh my God, you're my best friend. He's this way best friend. So I think she's going to get her heart broken into a thousand pieces. Um, can't wait to watch. That's kind of cute. With Barnett, I'm feeling more that he's just like kind of a horny teenager and all his Christmases have come at once, having all these dates every day. He just feels like this big man on campus. Back to Carlton for a second. That's our, our uh, tall, dark and handsome. He... Uh, the only thing he said that I didn't love, like all the boys were talking about sex and how important it is to have sex with somebody before you marry them. Uh, personally, I think it's extremely important because you're going to be, not that like people can't develop together and grow together sexually. Hello, Dr. Phil over here. But um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to see what you're working with. <laughs> there are some things that you can't change. And he was just, he, he said, um, you know, he, I expect to be pleased by my woman. And he did follow up by saying, and I want to please my woman. But I just got a little bit of an ooh vibe when he said that, you know. So we'll just sit and watch with that. I'm not jumping in head first and falling in love with him, even though he seems like my favorite so far. This is my favorite couple, though. So my favorite joint together love couple Carlton I think is like my single male favorite so far Lauren and Cameron and if anything bad happens to this couple I will literally throw my tv out the window and call Netflix and tell them to reshoot because I'll be so upset Lauren is 32 she is a stunner um she's really pretty Cameron is 28, he's a scientist, works with artificial intelligence and used to be a firefighter. I don't have a note on what Lauren does. All I have is that, <laughs> so write to me if, um, if anyone caught that. I don't know why I didn't write that down. I'm sure they'll tell, you, tell me again in the next episode anyway. All I wrote down about her, her main factoid, if you will, is that her mom is putting pressure on her to get a baby in dad belly. She's like, my mom calls me once a week to remind me that my eggs are dying. Because <laughs> that's going to help, mom. Thanks. <laughs> so she's hitting it off with this guy, Cameron. He is so sweet and genuine. And he seems kind of like this really gentle, quiet um, I don't I don't think he's shy so much as just like very reserved and 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 gentle he's just like kind of a sensitive heart they kind of connect um about their families and you know they they're on day two or three they have a really full-on conversation about their families and you know his mom's got Parkinson and they connect Parkinson's and they connect about you know their their deep love of their families and how important they are and they have a little cry together and that they really bond over that neck minute so I don't know we don't know what's going on in between but obviously a, like a deeper connection has built oh my god I'm actually like I get tingles I cried you guys <laughs> I hadn't had lunch yet so maybe I was a little bit malnourished but I definitely cried they're sitting on their opposite couches cannot see each other 
it's, I'm like so overcome. Oh my God, get it together, bitch. So yeah, this is day five. No, no, sorry. This is like day two or three. Um, this all happens so fast and I'm one to talk because look, I flew to Italy after a week of talking to um, my ex-Canadian boyfriend. So that was a mistake. <laughs> but look, we all do crazy things for love. Um, anyway, that's a story for another day. That was a rough month though. Ugh, shit. Lots of good wine though. We had to survive on the wine because each other's company wasn't cutting it. So I guess that's my fear <laughs> with this project that it could go a little bit skew once they get back into the real world, which is cool. That's another thing. We do actually get to see their transition from the pods into meeting in real life and then into the real world and what that would be like. So that's really exciting because um, I just thought the whole thing was just about them talking in these pods, but no, we get to see that transition. So that's cool. Anyway, so they're sitting down, they're having their little chat, they're connecting, they're both feeling each other. And she just goes, Cameron, I think I love you. And he, you should have seen him. He just like his whole, I don't know. It's like, you know, when you're like fall in love, I just felt all of this. Okay. This is, I'm going to paint the picture for you. You know, when you fall in love and you haven't told each other that you love each other yet, but for like weeks leading up to it, you're like, I love your hair. I love your face. I love your, um, I don't know what other qualities do people have talent. <laughs> I love you. How smart you are. You're so funny. I love this about you. I love that about you. You say you love everything about them until you can't say any more things about them. You love, you just love everything about them. AKA you love them. And it kind of just comes out, but before it comes out, you feel like this kind of energy inside you. And then it just like explodes out of your mouth and you're like, I, yeah, it's like, comf it's almost comfortable to say it. Cause it's just, it's just your whole being is absorbed with that person's love. And he's just sitting there and he's like calm, but you can feel, you can see that energy inside him buzzing. And he just, he just says, I love you straight away. Like right back. Like didn't, not even a beat between them. And I was like, I was crying. It was the sweetest fucking thing. This better be fucking real because if it's not, I don't know what I'm going to do. You guys, I, I really, do, I'm, you're going to need to help me through it because I'm so moved. If anyone has watched ahead and it's tragic up ahead, don't tell me I'm not ready for it. I need to be eased into it. Any of these couples don't give me spoilers because I'm so invested. <laughs> it's only episode one and I'm just like, I'm a complete mess. Okay. Let's finish this day five, five days, guys. It hasn't even been a week. We haven't seen each other. <laughs> so crazy. I love this show so much. I want to go on it. Okay. <sighs> he proposes and it's so sweet. They walk in. She, he's wearing a suit, even though she can't see him. He could have been wearing a fucking tracksuit and he dressed up and it was so cute. And she's wearing this gorgeous dress. So she must have known something was going to happen. And he walks up to the, the portal between them. That's kind of this blue light that looks like water, but it's just like probably some kind of plastic sheet. 
And he's like, can you come up to the wall? And she puts her hand on it and he kneels down. I have fucking goosebumps right now. I am pathetic, you guys. Oh my God. Look, haven't dated in a while. This is how this, I'm getting it vicariously through the show. He kneels down again, even though she can't see him. And he proposes, asks her to marry him and be his wife. And she says, yeah. And it's so fucking sweet. And they just want to hold each other. And she's like, oh, my God, you're my fiance. He's like, oh, my God, you're my future wife. And they're just so fucking happy. And I want it to be real. So bad. <clears throat> so that's Love is Blind. And I knew it was going to be my favorite show of all time, and it is, and I'm so excited to cover it. So I'll be covering it um, mostly alone. Oh, yeah, by the way, Vanessa and Nick Lacey um, cover the show, like host the show. We saw them once for about 10 seconds, so that's just a weird extra tidbit. I don't know what they're doing there. (laughs) But, yeah, that's the show. I hope you watch it with me. I'm really excited. Um... Even if you binge ahead, you can always, you know, come back to the podcast later anyway. I think it'll still be fun. Tell your friends that I'm covering it if you if you can, um, because it is such a new show and so is my podcast, really. Uh, so it'd be great to get, get it out there. And if you could subscribe, please let me know. Um, subscribe on, on your podcast app. Please let me know if you're having any issues doing so. Um, one listener let me know on social media that... She was having trouble subscribing. I can send you the direct link. So you can just click, put that in your um, separate. Why can't I speak? I'm too overwhelmed with love right now. You can just put that straight into the, whatever pod, um, podcast app you use. And it should take you directly to my show to subscribe to. Alternatively, and I know it's a bit annoying not having all your podcasts in the same place. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. Uh, if you search reality TV and me or Kirsten Moore, um, that'll take you to all my stuff as well. And it's free, but I don't know if you can download it. I, I think you might be able to, but it won't be in the same place as all your other pods. So that's a bit annoying. Or just go to my website, kirstenmoore.com.au, and everything's there. So you'll be able to find all of the shows I do personally for reality TV and me, and also all the shows that I've hosted for. Pink Shade with Erin Martin. I do a weekly podcast with her covering the US or DC version of Married at First Sight, which is really fun. And um, and any other shows that I popped into recently and also not so recently. So that's really fun as well. For all of that info and, you know, to keep up to date with everything, follow me on the socials at Reality TV and me on Instagram and on Facebook and at She's Pernicious on Instagram will find my personal page and that will find me on Twitter as well. So I guess that's my little spiel for the day. We're a little bit over my 20 minute mark, but um, it's a big episode because we're introducing everybody and the show. So I'm hoping to keep them short and sweet and let me know if there's any other shows in the future that you want me to be covering. I'm always wanting to skew it toward what I love and what you guys are following so we can find a nice nice balance and look we're pretty much on trend at the moment with each other so 
let's keep it going that way. Um, follow along with my Married at First Sight recaps as well. Married at First Sight Australia once a week. I generally release them on Sunday or Monday if I'm a little bit slow in the editing process. And I have guests for that one. So solo here and that's where I get to shoot the shit with somebody else. All right, guys. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.